Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. I want to talk to you tonight as the, as the mom, as the grandma in the room. Oh. <laughs> My youth has been renewed like the eagles, right? It is. Amen. Thank you, Nedra. I want to talk to you tonight about destiny. I want to talk to you tonight about destiny because this is not something that we can play with. I want to talk to you tonight about the destiny of God upon your life and what we did in that last 10 minutes was that we were contending for the destiny of God for our land. We were contending for the destiny of God of people that at this point, have not turned their face towards God. And this is the significance and the importance and the relevance of the church of Jesus Christ, that we are here right now in this moment of time to pray and to contend and to wrestle for the destiny of God upon lives. I think we would all agree the enemy has had a fairly good run. But I think it's time that the church said, this is our time, this is our moment, this is our hour. This is the time that our voices will rise and we are calling in the destiny that is upon lives everywhere. I am ready to see that. And I want to talk to you about destiny because it's something that we've all wrestled with and perhaps are wrestling with in this room tonight. And there's times when we're talking about destiny that you'll find yourself wrestling for something. You'll wrestle for clarity. You'll wrestle to understand just what God wants of your life and where he wants you to be and what he wants you to do and what it is that you put put your hand to and how do I go about that? And where will the open door come? But there's a destiny within you that you cannot shake it off. It just won't let you go. It's the destiny of God. And these words bring me directly to this passage of Scripture. And it's a kind of a strange, unusual Scripture that is difficult to understand in places. And yet we're going to go there. And it's the story of Jacob in Genesis chapter 32. And we'll read just, I don't know, maybe six verses in Genesis 32, 24 to 30. And it says here that Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until daybreak. And when the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that the hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. And then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. And Jacob replied, I will not let you go until you bless me. And the man said, what is your name? And Jacob answered, it's Jacob. And then the man said, your name will no longer be known as Jacob, but it will be Israel because you have struggled with God and with man and you have overcome. And Jacob said, tell me your name. And he replied, why do you ask my name? And then he blessed him there. And so Jacob called that place Peniel saying, it is because I saw God face to face and yet my life was spared. What a life changing moment in Jacob's life. 
this place called Peniel, this place of wrestling, this moment in Jacob's life that was attached to his destiny. And I want to talk into that just for a few minutes. The permissive will of God will sometimes allow you to wrestle. The permissive will of God at times will take you down a road where you find yourself wrestling with something that is attached to your destiny. Jacob here in uh, verse 24, it says that Jacob was left alone. And when you're wrestling for destiny, there's times when you will be left alone. Now, I know we're a church community and we talk about community. We talk about staying in touch. We talk about being visible. We talk about don't isolate, don't cut off. But there are times when it's attached to destiny. And this is not about you disconnecting from the world or from people. I'm talking about that personal private place, somewhere deep down inside that nobody else sees or understands. This is attached to your destiny. Jacob was left alone. And there's times when you and I will just have to go this way with God. This is not about a Facebook conversation. This is not about a coffee shop encounter with three other people. This is my moment of wrestling for something that's attached to my destiny and God. Jacob needed to hear from the Lord. This was a pivotal time and The words that came out of Jacob's mouth were so powerful, I will not let you go until you bless me. I'm not leaving this place until you bless me. This is the kind of wrestling, this moment that is so pivotal, attached to destiny that you don't want to pass this opportunity by. And I can remember a time, I can probably remember a number of times, but I remember one particular time where this time in our lives was so critical. It was a really important, critical time. It was a life and death story. And I remember really wrestling with this. It wasn't necessarily wrestling about the situation. It was about wrestling for destiny. It wasn't about wrestling and say, why or poor me or this is terrible. It was about wrestling for destiny. And I can remember going into this place with God and it wasn't necessarily about what you could see with natural eyes. It wasn't about something that you could go tangibly put your hand on. But somewhere deep down in your soul, there was an awareness that in that unseen place that none of us get to see most of the time, that there is something in there that is attached to destiny that I've got to wrestle with God so that that doesn't go into the hand of the enemy, that that goes down the road with God. And I remember that time. And I remember feeling that if I let this go, I don't know what the outcome will be. And I found a scripture the other day, and I won't quote it accurately or that well, but there was a scripture that I landed upon just the other day. And the scripture worded something like this, that if your decrees disappear from my sight, then they become nothing. And I remember going to the Lord with that just the other day and almost resurrecting some decrees and resurrecting some declarations and resurrecting some prayers and saying, God, I don't want them removed from my sight so that they're not distant from your sight. So let's contend together for the destiny of God, shall we? Let's work this out together. 
See, there's times when you're contending for destiny. And I'm not letting this go until you move in this. It's attached to future. And you've all got one. You've all got a future. And you've all got a hope. And you've all got a destiny. And Jacob in this moment in his life, in the truest sense of the word, I'm not going without your blessing. In the truest sense of what blessing means. That means the empowering presence of God upon my life. Unless the empowering, anointing, blessing, touch of God, enabling of God is upon my life, I'm not going there. What was Jacob wrestling with? The second thought that I got out of this was that he was wrestling between his past and what would become his future. Wrestling between two places, is that not the story of probably all of our lives that at certain moments we've wrestled between what we've left behind or what we're trying to leave behind and wrestling something in this in-between place so that we can enter our future. Jacob was leaving behind some things. He was leaving behind a trail of broken relationships. Number one with his brother Esau and secondly with his father-in-law Laban. And Jacob, we know, hears that his brother Esau is headed in his direction with hundreds of men. That would put a fear right there in your heart, wouldn't it? You know, there's hundreds coming for me and a very angry brother because I did wrong by him. But we don't like to hear these words in our 21st sophisticated century. In our Western culture and mindset, things like wrestling and contending, we want seamless, we want effortless, we want quick, we want now, we want microwave, we don't want anything that's too exhausting or too much fight in it, and we certainly don't want to lose a night's sleep. For those of us in my age bracket, it's normal, right? But talking about in the spirit... We're talking about contending for destiny. The sun is starting to rise and the angel of the Lord, he's ready to stop. The angel of God is ready to stop. And Jacob says, I'm not going until you move. I'm not going until you bless me. My future depends upon your blessing. And the point is this. That if we are wrestling between where we've come from, knowing what we used to be, knowing how we used to go about things, knowing a lot of things attached to our history, but knowing that somewhere deep inside, there is a future that God has started to speak to me about. And I look at the young people in this room and I tell you what, if I could ask God for anything, God, would you make me 18 again? Because I want to join the youth. I do. Charlene's in. She's the mother. She can. But I'm telling you, you are at a pivotal time in life. You're at such a significant moment in life where the destiny of God upon you is just so important what you do with this time. Jacob had to find God and sometimes we are even wrestling for the will of God. Now, That might sound weird because we've often heard that the safest place on planet earth to be is right in the center of the will of God. It is. 
But sometimes you've got to wrestle for the will of God. And I know that's been the story for Brian and I because it became something began to awaken within us where we sensed that God had a destiny and a future and a direction for us, but there was so much against us that how can the will of God come to pass when we're leaving behind this baggage? When we've got all this baggage, when we've got these this insecurities and things that have plagued us throughout our lives. And there's been times where we've wrestled even for the will of God and where that belongs. And this place that Jacob ends up in is this place that I want to just spend a couple of minutes on before we pray and before we close. And it's this place called Peniel. Byron came into my office the other day and he said, what's wrong? You're a bit quiet. And I said, I'm in Peniel. I think he said, I think he thought I said I was in penitentiary or something, but I'm in Peniel right now. And he sort of looked at me blankly and walked away. He didn't even know, thought that sounds too complicated for me. I'm out of here. Just so you know, for those that were in the room this morning, we drove to church together tonight, just in case anyone's wondering. And we were here an hour early, and I was the driver. So, just had to slip that in. Peniel. Jacob finds himself in Peniel where this wrestling is taking place. And in Hebrew, Peniel means that I came face to face with God. And I lived through it and beyond it. That's what Peniel means. It means he's had a face to face with God himself. Can you imagine? This angelic stranger that Jacob meets, it's the meeting place where Jacob meets with this angel, that Jacob's life will be changed forever. Once you've encountered God, your life will be changed. You can't encounter God and be the same. It doesn't happen. It just doesn't. You can't meet God and walk the same. You can't meet God and think the same. You can't meet God and speak the same. You can't meet God and pray the same. You can't meet God and be the same as you were as the person you left behind. This place called Peniel identifies something in Jacob because Jacob does have a past. He does have a family history, but he comes face to face with truth. And I found in my penial places, one of the things that always happens is I come face to face with truth. As I say these things, I think about that New Testament story that is phenomenal just on its own. Remember the disciples in the boat, Jesus is asleep, the storm blows up on the lake and the rhetoric in the boat is this, do you not care that we're about to perish? Do you not care that we're about to perish? And right now on the earth, people are saying, does God care about us right now? There's a plague on the planet. Does God care what we're dealing with, what we're going through, the lockdowns, the loss of this, the loss of freedoms? Does Jesus even care? 
And the interesting thing in this boat experience, I would rather call it a pennial experience for these disciples, New Testament disciples, is this, that Jesus stands up in the boat, he calms the storm, he says, peace be still, and then he says these incredible words. Why do you fear and why do you have no, no faith? And all of a sudden in this moment we realise it's not as much about the storm as what they thought. It's got more to do with their fear, it's got more to do with their unbelief than it did about the storm. And in this place called Peniel, this place of truth and transparency and vulnerability and honesty and name change moments and walking differently, whatever your Peniel place is that is attached to destiny, have we got fear and where is our faith? Jacob's in a place of fear. His brother's on his way with 400 men. That'll put some fear in you. And in my place of Peniel at times, I've realized that every single time, the Lord will address my own unbelief every time without question. God, there's a storm out there. I'm not sure whether you've noticed, but there is a storm there's a storm in the family. There's a storm in our health. There's a storm in relationships. There's a storm that's threatening to attack my future. And Jesus doesn't pay too much attention to the storm other than peace be still. What is penial to you? I wonder how they behaved with the next storm. I wonder if they stood up in the boat and said, peace be still. We saw Jesus do that. Now we're giving this a shot. The Lord did it so that they could see what faith looked like. Jacob, Jacob, according to the scripture, says that he wrestled with God and with man, with men. And then the angel touches this socket of Jacob's hip. And we know that Jacob walks with this limp forevermore. His walk has changed. And every step he would take would be a reminder that God touched me at Peniel. I came face to face with God at Peniel. You see, most of us think that our Peniel moment or our encounter with God, our face to face with God was just at salvation. I've spoken to you before about my 70 Sallow Street, Alexandria Hills encounter, my moment, my face-to-face with God, even though I couldn't see him with these eyes. And that was my moment of salvation. But what I've learned is this, that down through the 41 years that we've been walking with God, there's been the redeeming nature of God that continues to be at work. Saying yes to Jesus is just your beginning. Life-altering moments. Peniel is a life-altering moment. You see, my peniel for me has been my lounge room floor. Boy, if that carpet could speak. If those walls could speak. That was my peniel, the place where I met with God. And at times, I've got up from that floor and I've never walked the same again. 
Because Peniel is about an audience of one. It just is. It's not a place where you can take 10 others with you. It's not about uh, communicating through Facebook that this is how it is. It's like, I'm not going unless you bless me. I'm not going unless you speak. I'm not going until you break through or I break through. I'm not going until you give me a word. I'm not going until the Rima word of God comes alive in me. And that word is sharper than any two-edged sword that starts to dismantle everything that an enemy has done. It starts to pull down and tear down what an enemy has tried to build up as a fortress. I'm not going until you bless me. You see, this tonight is really just a collection of thoughts, moments, experiences, places I've been. But one of the things that this is, is it's about destiny. It's about destiny. It's about turning points. It's about a place of surrender. Peniel was that place of honesty. It was about leaving behind the trail and having your eyes set upon the destiny and the future that God has for you. I get this. We had a penial moment when Byron went to Canada and laid on a floor in a church over there and God began to awaken something within him. Now, we had a business, we had an income, we were doing okay, we are on teams in a church. I was running a women's ministry, he was on missions, We were involved. We were like many of you in the room tonight, you know, welcoming people. We were just doing what we do naturally. And God began to awaken something within his heart and he rang me from Canada and said, Anne, it's time to do something full time for God. We'll lay down what we have to lay down. We'll give up what we have to give up. I don't know how this is going to shape up, but it's time to do something full time for God. You see, this penial moment meant that we had to confront our insecurities, confront our fears, confront about 10 different reasons why we couldn't afford to do this, where there was no open door, there was no possibility, and yet it was a penial moment, a face-to-face. And when He got up from that floor and when he rang me from Canada, I knew that we would never walk the same way again. I knew that we'd never put our hand to the same things again. I knew that we'd never pray the same again. God had awakened destiny within us, even though we didn't quite know what that looked like. And now we know it's you. It's you. Jacob knew he wasn't done. And I'm encouraged by this because I'm not 18 anymore, but when Jacob went to Peniel, and team, if I could have you back, please. When Jacob went to Peniel, he was almost 100 years of age. That gives me some hope. He was nearly 100 years of age, and yet there was still future, and there was still destiny in him. And he's saying, I'm not leaving until you bless me. God changed his name. He changed his identity. 
There was an exchange that took place. And I want to say to you in this room tonight, as I speak back to myself, destiny is worth wrestling for. Your destiny is worth wrestling for. You will have to wrestle something that you're leaving behind. You'll have to wrestle your fears. You'll have to wrestle your insecurities. You'll have to wrestle your failures. You'll have to wrestle the things that people have said about you, over you, against you. You'll have to wrestle that own thing within yourself. Whatever it is that you'll wrestle with, your destiny is worth wrestling for. Tonight as we were singing, something within me was stirring that I was aware that as we were prophesying to the dry bones on our land, we were contending and wrestling for their destiny. Do you know among those, however many, hundreds, thousands, millions maybe, there is a destiny for men and women of God to rise up. I am so with the young people in our church. I'm seeing destiny. If you could buy a hat with destiny all over it, destiny is written upon your hearts. You're stepping into it. You're developing into it. Wrestle with the will of God. It's worth fighting for. Say, God, I'm going into my destiny with every ounce of blessing that you want to put on me. We had to wrestle. Both of us come out of homes that were disastrous. We didn't have role models. We didn't have parents that led the way well for us. I had grown up in a household of fear. Byron had grown up in a household where, you know, it was just, it just wasn't great. But one of the revelations I got really early in the piece was, and even as I stood here this morning with the communion, at that communion table. Do you know that blood of Jesus and that biscuit, the name of Jesus leaves us without excuse? It leaves us without an excuse to step into our destiny. And you might come and say, my family broke down. My marriage was a failure. My father was abusive. My mother was this. I've had this, that and the other. The moment you come to Christ, you're left without excuse. Because of the power of the cross, your destiny is is in your future and it's already within you. And I want you to stand in this place if you would. I know our time has practically run away, but I want to pray a prayer of destiny over you. As the team lead us in worship, and I'm going to ask you to really Say, God, I'm stepping into my destiny. Jacob's age was not a disqualifier for destiny. And that goes for the young and that goes for the old. And if you want to step into the destiny of God and no longer will you be held back in that, I want you to step out of your seat right now and step forward into God, step into something in God Now, if you're willing to do that, and I'm going to pray over you. We're going to pray the destiny of God over you. Maybe for you in this place right now, you're in a place of contending for someone who's not walking with God. 
We're going to pray for that person or those people. Destiny is too important to be casual in this. The enemy wants their destiny. The enemy wants your destiny. And we're not letting this go. We are not letting this go until God moves, until the blessing of God comes. I want you to open up your mouths. We're going to, I'm going to ask Chloe and the team to lead us and then we're going to pray together as the body of Christ has been instructed to do that. And we're going to contend and wrestle for the destiny of God upon you, your family, your whoever it is. God knows their name. In Jesus' name. Let's worship for just just a few minutes. Open up your heart. There is destiny, Dan, for the young people and Poppy. What you guys are doing, you have stepped as forerunners into the destiny of God upon their lives. What God has anointed and equipped you for is for the destiny of a next generation that are coming through. I see upon you that that Joseph's spirit is upon you that in many ways you'll carve out new territory, you'll step into new places, you'll move in a way that perhaps seems a little distant and, and different than others. But what God has placed upon you is to step into a place ahead of time for many others so that they can follow in behind. God, anoint them afresh, I pray, for the days ahead, for the ministry that is upon their lives. Let the fire of God continue to be in their bellies, I pray. Father, bring many. In fact, bring thousands. Whatever number you've got in your spirit right now, you're asking too small. You're asking too small. Double it. Double it. Double it. Double it. God, I pray right now in this place that you would open up Daniel's mouth. That Dan's mouth, I pray, would speak the oracles of God. Father, that the prophetic Word of God would flow through his mouth. Father, that the authority of your written Word would arise. And even as he speaks, I pray, that people in the audience would be set free. Dan, God's put a touch of deliverance upon you. That even as you speak, captives will be set free. Men and women will come out of darkness. Thank You, Lord, for the anointing and the touch of God upon Him. Lord, we bless You, we bless You, we bless You, Lord. We're not letting go, Father. Hallelujah. We bless You, Lord, we bless You.